Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Welcome, everyone. We have another special podcast today. My man, Adam Wexler from Prize Picks. This is podcast number 151. Adam, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yes, it's nice. We got official, you know, we talk a fair amount. It's nice to get a, a, a recorded combo on the books, get to look at the industry, fantasy, uh, talk about kind of your journey, your career, where you came from, and how now Prize Picks is, you know, the most, I guess, the, the largest uh, in terms of revenue, privately held fantasy, daily fantasy site. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive, exciting uh, time in sports, being late, uh, legal at a federal level as well. So this is a, there's a lot to talk about. First of all, introduce yourself and tell me how's it going. Sure. Um, yeah. So no, I've been a uh, technology. I've been a technology entrepreneur for over 15 years. Been in fantasy sports specifically now for seven. Um, Prize Prize Picks is our third product. It's been around for four years now, and uh, yeah, we're rocking and rolling. You know, it's like you said, it's an exciting time to be in the industry. And when you so you went to I believe University of Georgia. Did you grow up in Georgia? Yep, born and raised. Number number one team in the land. Number are they number one right now? Number one. Oh man, look at this great timing. I knew they were, I mean, they're always top four or five. They're in the mix. They've been dancing around. I was not aware. I guess Alabama lost, so that makes sense. Uh, I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan. They're doing well this year as well. I know Harbaugh's under a lot of, lot of uh, scrutiny, but that, that's a great program. So very cool. What was that like growing up there? I mean, it must be, did you go to games? Were you a diehard fan from, from the start? Yeah, what's crazy is my, my, my dad actually played a year of football at Georgia with same year as Fran Tarkenton of all, of all people. Uh, he also ran four years of track. So grew up as a Georgia fan, but we, we actually, because we, we lived in Atlanta, we were actually going to way more Georgia Tech games uh, and whatnot. But, um, you know, been a huge sports fan my whole life. I actually had, a, had an opportunity to uh, consult with the Atlanta Hawks at 28. Uh, their CEO invested in my last venture and invested in this this company. And uh, he, he brought me in to consult with the team when he, when he became CEO. Uh, so that was a pretty cool experience to kind of see the industry from that perspective. And Ironically enough, that was around the same time that I was planting seeds to to get in from the fantasy sports side of things. Very cool. And were you? When did you see that that fantasy sports was the thing? Because you know, I was myself, my friends. I was always into it, but not you know, I didn't do all the leagues where you know. I remember some of my friends that get like the draft board, and we would do that, and that was a lot of fun when I was like early twenties. And and you know, it's been going around for a long time. Fantasy, just in different capacity. When did you see this, and we're like, oh, this is what I want to do, and this is the next big thing? How? When did that kind of click for you yeah you know I, I, as a consumer i was playing in fantasy leagues probably since like eighth grade or something uh so so a couple decades you know it, but but as an entrepreneur you know it's all about spotting problems and, and the thing that would be a recurring problem that i would uh, notice every every single fall would be nobody wants to be the guy collecting the money from their friends uh so ultimately that's what kind of drove me into the industry and i said you know we can create some shortcuts through software to make that person's life a little easier and uh, we quickly realized that that product, that original product um, was a little too seasonal, uh, but we basically had this digital treasurer concept and we said, well, why can't we take this to side bets? Because there's plenty of side bets that happen in fantasy leagues. And so that was our second product. We launched Side Prize back in, um, I guess it was 2015. And, um, you know, we, we, we won a number of industry awards right out of the gates. We got selected for the Dodgers Accelerator Program, we went out to LA for three or four months, but that turned out to be the fall where fantasy was on top of the world because FanDuel and DraftKings raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And then while we were there, you know, the industry kind of collapsed around us because all the AGs came in and said, this is all 
illegal gambling. So we had to come back to Atlanta and scale down at the time and hold on for dear life. But, you know, I stuck, I stuck with the industry. And next thing you know, it kind of rewarded me with, with the next content. And, and yeah, talk about that. Cause in poker, there's um, black Friday, right? There was this event where, uh, what was it? It's tax day. So April 15, 2011, wake up the DOJ sites are down Armageddon. Like I'm living in the U S can't really play online anymore. It's sort of, it was just crazy, right? It looked like it was over and a big moment where I was like, man, this sucks. Like, did, so is this essentially what happened where this happens? You're like, wow, like what I've been working on, what I believe in, what I'm future. Was it over for you for a moment? Like, or in the, in the minute when you saw it and heard these news, was it like, I, I got to move on? Or were you like, no, we'll figure this out. Cause there's a lot of uncertainty. I'm sure. Right. There's like federal laws, state laws, this, yeah. that, and the other, what happened exactly in that moment? And how did you sort of hang on and pivot to, to keep it going? Yeah, I mean, just taking it back to side price for a sec. So, you know, while we were out in L.A., we were riding a high coming out there because, uh, you know, just every every investor kind of wanted to talk to us. <laughs> while we were, when we were coming out to L.A., we had just gotten selected for this prestigious, you know, sports tech program. Um, and then while like a month into the program, that's when like the news starts coming out that's a bit negative. And then, you know, fast forward to literally demo day, which they, which they had at, at Chavez Ravine at, at Dodger Stadium. And uh, I'm, in, I'm literally sitting in the dugout uh, about to go on stage and practice the pitch before we, you know, a couple hours later, we're, we're going on live for, for a thousand people. Somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, did you hear the news out of New York? And I didn't know what they were talking about. And sure enough, uh, Schneiderman, the AG out of New York, basically said, this is all illegal gambling. And once New York goes, there's a domino effect from there. So literally all this prep from, from the program and, and leading into demo day. And I came off stage and literally nobody wanted to talk to us. And we couldn't raise money for Jack because everybody, you know, was going to give up on the industry, which was very short-sighted and very frustrating, as you can imagine. Uh, and, and once again, like we, we had been prepping to, you know, go raise seven figures coming off the stage. And none of that was going to be able to happen with, with you know, the, the, the turn of events that happened while we were out there. And, and so, so, OK, so this doesn't go well. You're, you're kind of like, wow, like, you know, Southwest commercial want to get away like this is bad. What's happening? It's like a black guy. Um, when when did it sort of re what was the what sparked it to keep going and, and where did you go to to kind of get back on track? You know, we unlimited, uh, on, on you know, we, we were able to kind of get like a small bridge uh, in terms of financing the following year. And we kind of gave it another another go at September, but we just didn't really have much juice. We didn't have much marketing dollars that we could spend. So 2016 was a very much a rough year. Um, but, you know, the more, the more that I kind of stuck with it, the more, the more, you know, I came to realize that, you know, I may want to bet you, but you may not want to bet me. And these are skill-based bets, you know, because fantasy sports is deemed, you know, a skill-based contest. And so, um, you know, a lot of that thinking kind of led, led me to once these state laws started getting drawn up and 20 plus, you know, probably over the first year or two, actually, I mean, FanDuel, DraftKings, the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association, was do, all those were making a heavy push from a legalization standpoint. So a lot of states got to work drawing up fantasy laws. And, and almost in all of them, uh, they never mentioned that fantasy contests had to be peer-to-peer. So that kind of opened up the door. And I, and I started asking some of the lawyers that I knew in and around the space. And I said, you know, wh- what, about, what about the notion of fantasy games against the house or what you know, the lawyers would call single-player fantasy these days? Uh, and sure enough, like none of the laws you know, said, said that that was uh, not permissible. So um, once once I kind of came to that conclusion that, you know, this this could be the, the next, you know, wave of DFS, uh, then it just became a matter of what's the ideal format. And uh, and, and having a having run a book in college, uh, I knew that the, the best margins, the best business model lied within the notion of of, of parlays for what it's worth. 
And, um, and obviously knowing that a fantasy contest had to consist of players and not teams, you know, you just kind of kind of had to model it after player props and parlays and, and specifically, you know, the easiest way to make those kind of real money predictions would be off of totals and overs or unders. And so ultimately kind of took the, these concepts that have been, you know, groomed in, in the sports betting world and then kind of took the bare minimum definition of a fantasy contest and kind of built on top of that. And that was the origin of prize picks. Very cool. And let's uh, you'll take a look here. I, I, a lot of questions and obviously, you know, Helmuth, we'll, we'll chat on him. He, he's one who I think initially, well, no, he, he brought it to me. said, you got to check this out. We spoke. He's an investor. I invested uh, in, in a big believer in the space, the industry. And, and you know, it's an exciting thing. I, I want to we'll dive in over here, though, and take a look at this. Um, so, you know, in this particular uh, situation, it's kind of interesting because it's over-unders. It's, or, you know, you're, you're doing parlay betting, but it's, you can actually go across multiple sports. So, you know, I went to, I'm from Ann Arbor, Brady fan. Right? I want to bet over-under on him, but I could actually then go to – um, MLB, right? And I can, I can click in this as well for other sports. So this is, is this the only fantasy where you can do this, where you can go multi-sport and do over-unders? Yeah. We're, we're the only fantasy platform where you can combine sports. Um, I mean, you're essentially, you know, building out a, a roster of sorts, uh, you know, for the night, for the night and your, your, your sports viewing experience ahead. So, you know, obviously as we're recording this, it's a, it's a big night of Thursday night football plus, plus uh, some game five action from the NLDS Dodgers and Giants. And, and then if you want to throw some action in, like you're looking at from college football this weekend or whatever, whatever suits your fancy, you know, I think we talked about it before, but you know, we're generating more money off of esports than we think any operator fantasy or betting in North America. So you can even throw some over-unders on, on kills, uh, you know, from counter-strike. So mix it up. Uh, anywhere from two to five selections uh, can be a part of any, any any entry. And if you click on some of those over-unders, Jeff, you can basically uh, then pop up the, the payouts and whatnot. All right. So now I, let's say I do a five-team parlay, which is, that's you know, that's feeling your oats. That's hard to do, but we go for five. And now what, I have options here on – is it only one? On the five right now, we only offer the, the flex. But if you get rid of one of those, um, basically it can come back uh, once it will populate here in a second – Oh, you got to put some money down, maybe. Um, but either, but either way, we we offer two different formats. Maybe get rid of, get rid of one more for me. There we go. There, there it goes. So, so the power play is essentially modeled after the parlay. Uh, the flex play is essentially kind of insurance where you can miss one and still win. Uh, so definitely kind of like our own spin on things. We obviously we, we in many respects we try to push people towards flex plays because it's going to keep them around for longer. Um, so especially like the, the, the one that we actually try to promote the most is that five pick flex because we'll, we'll pay out for three of five, four of five or five of five, obviously not, not, not super easy to hit a five of five, but you know, when you're in the game, even if your first one or two miss, you know, it's a little more fun. Yeah. I've never seen that, you know, that, that parlay where it's almost like hedging in a way and it's still fun. And it, and you realize like that, okay, it's still nice. Cause you have a better chance. Of course, it's not going to be as juicy of a prize but you're still in the game and that probably does bail people out a lot. Like how many times do people miss one? And it's just like annoying, but it's like you said, if you miss the first one of a game, it's out or something or of a, of a matchup, it's sort of annoying to be done already. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, how, can you explain a bit about a big deal in college football and stuff? NIL, right? Name, image, likeness. Notice here that you don't have like pictures. It's more you know generic, but how does that work with uh, just like the NFL, for example, like using guys like, 
you know, I, I wonder about this on other major players. There's there's DraftKings, FanDuel, and stuff like. There's so there's no like is it like with the teams or logos or you can use pictures. How does that all? How does that work in terms of being? Yeah, we, we get we get for for especially the professional sports. We we get images from our uh, data provider. So in this case, it's Sport Radar for us. Um, with, with college, like you said, there, there's the NIL stuff, but more specifically, they're not currently allowing anybody from betting or fantasy to do uh, partnerships. Uh, you know, it's ironic. I, I was on the phone with somebody from the NCAA just yesterday. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a it's a very much an evolving space, and it's an evolving right. time. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we don't, we don't think our we don't think our our helmets look all that bad uh, that were put together by our designer. Same thing, you know, with college basketball, we have jerseys, so it's not the end of the world. And um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it, to, you know, one 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 thing that is related here though is we definitely like to think of our app as like being very uh, visual. You know, and, and kind of like you know, traditional sports books, for example, are very archaic text-based kind of platforms, whereas ours is a very kind of visual game. It's, it feel, it looks and feels a lot more like, um, you know, like, like, a, like a mobile game than it does like a, uh, like a traditional sportsbook atmosphere. Okay. And yeah, people can follow along on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we'll put that up here. You guys can just search prize picks and also in the, the uh, app store. I mean, some pretty great reviews, 4.8 out of five. That's, that's up there. Um, and it looks really clean. I mean, this is again, we're on web right now on this podcast, but you can go on there, search it, download the app. And then can you explain what states people are able to to play in? Like where can people, is it is it all states, some states and the other parts of the world, where can you play? We're available to more than two thirds of the country. Uh, that's over 30 different states, including some of the biggest ones, you know, our home state where we're based is Georgia, Florida, Texas, California, North Carolina. I mean, some, some very big markets, even New York. Um, so, we cover a lot of ground and uh, we're only going to expand from there. But, you know, we have a lot, uh, we have a much larger footprint than legal mobile betting right now. And, um, you know, it's going to remain that way in, in many of the biggest states like a, like a Texas, like a California for quite a while. So, um, you know, we do overlap with legal mobile betting in a handful of states. And in those states, you know, it's, it's interesting to monitor, kind of monitor the data that's coming in. But definitely we're, we're, we, we like to brand ourselves as kind of the closest legal alternative for people like living in California, Texas, et cetera. Very cool. Uh, what is, um, what has been the biggest challenge? Cause I mean, looking here, the, it's very clean, the website, the app I've used and you know, I've, I've, I've done some of this. We've done some giveaways on my Twitch as well for tickets and such, but was this a very, like getting the actual development of this, how, how complicated was that? And, you know, learning growing pains, was that one of the more complicated parts or is it like the legality and, you know, give, talk me through a little bit of the business and the growth and, and challenges. Yeah, you know, from a, from a product standpoint, um, you know, I, I've been, like I said earlier, like I've been a technology entrepreneur for over 15 years. Even though I was a real estate major coming out of, coming out of college. I, I specifically made, made it a point to kind of get into the tech, you know, world. And I, I'm fortunate that, you know, I, I literally my one of my co-founders from my original venture back in 2007 um, you know, he's still with me to this day. He's been a part of all three of my chapters, you could say. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we are probably as polar opposite as you could imagine. Um, you know, I'm obviously the extroverted, you know, kind of visionary of sorts that just, you know, we'll, I mean, we're, we're, we're inventing new categories like that. That's, and that's kind of always been my MO. Um, you know, I've, I've not been one to uh, necessarily mimic uh, other things that are out there. I like to kind of build build something that's pretty fresh and, and, and hasn't really been explored before. Uh, yeah. And then he's just this amazing engineer 
Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's our lead engineer at Prize Picks. My co-founder specifically on the technical side for this one was actually an early engineer uh, below him at, at my last venture. Um, and, and, and Jay is his name. Jay, Jay is, you know, just a, he's a hustler just like me, but, you know, his specialty, his expertise is definitely more on the technical side. And, you know, I think we just kind of complement each other in many respects. And, you know, he's been a great co-founder to work with. And, you know, it, it's definitely been an interesting ride, you know, over the last four years, you know, we were methodically scaling the business pre-pandemic, but then, you know, sports turned off and, and we had to get creative about how to navigate that because we were also building the business simply off of game profits, some debt financing and minimal outside capitalization. And so we, we were not fully prepared for a black swan event like we ran into, you know, last spring. And, uh, you know, very fortunately, when we got back on our feet, we quickly turned to esports where we had already had some experience and, and that was came in handy uh, by, by, in, a, in, in a big way. Um, and then, you know, we, we, you mentioned Helmuth and others. We, we got some great investors um, in, into the into the deal last spring. And then I think, you know, I think you, you were right after that, Jeff. And, you know, we, we've just been adding interesting names from the industry, from the celebrity world, you know, along the way, just to kind of, you know, round out our cap table. Very cool. And can you explain a bit of the esports? Because I know betting and, you know, there's different different things going on right now and it's a bit complicated. But so I see Valorant and CSGO, two of the more popular games. What is this exactly? Are people, this is like a televised, like or a tournament and people are in a match. Like what what are they betting on exactly? Or I'm sorry, what, I mean, well, it's fantasy because it's fantasy world. And what is what are entry. Yeah, you're placing an entry to win a prize. That's how it works in the fantasy world. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have six different titles that we currently offer within the esports world. So you mentioned two of them, League of Legends. We, we just recently introduced Dota, um, Rocket League, and then Call of Duty. That's currently our set. In the past, we've, we've uh, coming out of the pandemic, we actually did a good bit of iRacing. We did some NBA 2K. So we've definitely got a, a pretty wide array of kind of experience across the esports spectrum. Um, and But I'll, I'll tell you this right here, like, you know, CSGO is – head and shoulders above the, the rest of the pack in terms of generating revenue for our business. And, and what's great is I, I like to describe it as kind of like modern day horse racing because it literally keeps the action seekers busy throughout the day, throughout the week, year, month, whatever. Um, I mean, literally there, there's action to have down on, on stuff like CSGO almost all year long. Uh, there, there's all kinds of leagues going on all around the world. And so it's once again, it's, it's basically 24-7. And, you know, for, for obviously the domestic sports those are much more so, you know, seven o'clock, ten o'clock main events. Um, but but for for esports, it's something that you can stay busy with during the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I know DraftKings is a competitor. Um, I I use that. So actually, uh, my boy Phelps would just call me right now because we're doing a uh, like we do the daily for golf. Like right now, I don't know if you can see that, but we're actually I'm winning the uh, we we split it. We're in first in the the 555 person. The the golf's actually going on in Vegas right now. Uh, the PGA at Summit, which is shout out to Mike Melman, the boys there. I'm going to go check that out today. I'm really excited to go watch a bit. And, you know, I love day. I do love it. I love daily. It's fun. And I think like ultimately it's just like poker where you got to be responsible. I think that's like one of the big things. It's just like people, I think gamble, like, well, you know, poker gambling, uh, there's daily fantasy. It's all about being responsible. And I think that's cool because like, you know, again, here you put 20 bucks down and do over-unders and even on multi-sports. I mean, it's pretty amazing that you could bet uh, Thursday night football over under, and then also bet on the golf, uh, like the PGA. And, you know, this guy, said everyone's gone off in this tournament for this week or whatever, except this guy. But so like, I can just put a sweat on here. I go over and watch and then Thursday night football, I have a sweat and do like a three person parlay. Maybe the golfer doesn't hit 
or one of the things doesn't work out, I still could win or break even, but it just makes it that much more fun. I think like you're just going to always have uh, people, you know, just like anything, it's moderation, right? That's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful. No one's saying like, go out and go crazy. Parlays obviously, you know, it's like, they're not just coming. It's a little bit more difficult, but it's also pays better. And uh, I just think it's amazing. Like, I think it's just like now sports are legal at a federal level. People realize that like, this is, this is not new. People have been betting forever, uh, like in poker, betting and other things. And now in fantasy, people love sports. And if you can have a little fun, and just put a little something on it to to sort of uh, increase your interest. I think it's becoming obvious with these partnerships, right, with the leagues, Robert Kraft, and these different owners. And, and maybe you could talk a little bit about your uh, partnerships, I believe, with the Braves, the Marlins. There's some other um, teams and, and, and stuff that have, have uh, athletes that have, that have working with prize picks. Could you explain a little bit about that? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to the team deals, you know, uh, two years running now, we've partnered with both the, the Braves and the Marlins. I mentioned earlier, you know, Companies based in Atlanta, uh, Miami is another key market of ours. So um, there's reasons why we, we picked the two of them in particular. Um, we also more recently partnered with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that was that was an even, an even bigger deal, and um, we got we got kind of creative with it. And you know, one of the one of the centerpieces of that deal was actually putting together a big fantasy football draft night at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, so we brought basically 40 different leagues all under one roof. Great Wi-Fi, free food, free drinks. Uh, we had some, uh, Falcons alumni take part. Some of the cheerleaders were there welcoming you into the room. It was it was it was a cool experience, and uh, you know I think we're going to try to run it back with some of these other team deals that we do for fantasy baseball, and maybe next year for fantasy football as well. Um, and yeah, I mean you know the, the I'd say the the best thing that, that can come out of the team deals is the the custom experiences that we can create for our customers. Um, you know there's you know, there, there's certain things like we were, we were pitched, you know, for, for the, for example, with the Braves, we had, we had an opportunity to do it, do, do something where it was like brave, be a brave for a day. Uh, ultimately this was, we didn't include this in our package, but I, you know, it was, it was interesting to get pitched these things that, you know, your normal average fan just can't get access to, but you know, by, by doing these deals with the organizations, like we can, we can get creative. We, we can, you know, get on a, a whiteboard and really just kind of, you know, uh, play with it. And that's exactly what we did with the fantasy draft night. Um, you know, I think both both sides really liked it. They got a chance to offer something up to their, you know, season ticket holders that they otherwise wouldn't have done because we were essentially footing the bill. Uh, and then we basically, you know, also also put it out there for a lot of our customers that were in the area. Um, and, you know, it, it was a, it was a wild success. And like I said, I think we're going to run it back again. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, what, what has been the, you know, so it's a little different. Right? I was going to say the most were like guys are or guys or girls are making uh, they're playing fantasy and, but the parlay, like what's the biggest parlay bet you parlay, I guess, you know, situation you, you've Not seen. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, what has been the most exciting you've seen on the site as well as just in general? Cause I've seen a few times stories in the main mainstream, like the guy had the Monday night football with the lions, right? Did you see, I was like to win like $500 for 700 grand or something. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Like these, these are, there are some pretty crazy stories. I think someone just cashed in on like 120 from $50 or something recently ridiculous. I see some stories. Uh, what has been the most crazy one you've seen in your career? Yeah, I can, answer that. <laughs> I can answer that a couple of different ways. I mean, you know, for one, up until this football season, we actually used to kind of box people in and, and that was a combination of multiple motivations there. Number one, um, you know, we, we definitely, it, it, was, it, was, it was a way for us to kind of manage our own risk. So 
for, for, a, for a long while, you, when, we're, when we're bankrolling essentially the house, you, you know, we, we didn't want so much liability coming from one specific entry and whatnot. So we used to kind of cap the winnings at like a thousand bucks for a good while for the first couple of years uh, of prize picks life cycle. Um, you know, the other thing is from a customer retention standpoint, if you're putting a, a lot of money on the line, um, we don't necessarily want you to blow it all uh, when you don't have too much disposable income. We don't want you to blow it all in, in one entry that, you know, your, your first pick's a loser and you pick the power play, you know, you're not coming back, you know, ever again. So uh, there were there was definitely a method behind behind the madness about kind of why we boxed people in for a while. But then more recently, I think, you know, the decision was made um, heading into this football season that, you know, we, we definitely also want to at the same time be accommodating for our whales, for our biggest customers, and to, to only allow them to play for, you know, minimal minimal stakes for, from what would be typical of, of their unit size um, was not accommodating for ultimately who we want to serve. You know, we talk about really wanting to roll the red carpet out, deliver a six-star experience for our top, you know, top, top customers in particular. And uh, but but even even more broadly than that, we want to make sure everybody we're accommodating to everybody. So nowadays, like you know, just just the other day, we had somebody put down. I think I think they put down twenty four hundred, and they walked away with twenty four thousand off of like off of a four pick that paid out ten x. So um, you know, great for them. You know, we, we we wish everybody good luck going in, and then you know we'll, we'll celebrate the winners. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, on an aggregate level, you know, in the position that we're in, we're going to be just fine. Um, but you know, we definitely wish on an individual level, everybody good luck with their picks. For sure. Do you, what about like a friend or someone like what's, what's the craziest parlay you've seen come through or that, you know, of like either like a buddy or you or anyone, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, nothing's, nothing's top of mind for me right now, but, uh, there's definitely been some close calls though. I know that much. Right. Um, cool. And, and, uh, what is, uh, what is the plan to grow? expand from here because you know again it's it's moving fast i've seen even just in the last year or so since i've got it on and then it, it does seem nicer cleaner easier this new stuff it just it just seems really easy to use uh what, what are ways to, to you think you can even improve from the product and, and the, the experience what are some things and, and partnerships that i know you've been been looking at to expand like well, where's sort of the vision moving forward yeah, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll start by referencing like a casino example. You know, we, we, we've gone out to Vegas a couple of times. We were just out there for the G2E conference, the biggest gaming gambling show, of the domestic trade show of the year. Um, and, you know, when you look at stuff like, um, you know, take the roulette table and you, know, you look at some of these boards that they're creating and they show you where the last couple spins were or whatever, um, you know, they're, they're trying to prompt certain actions or whatever. So, you know, I think, you know, the casino world in many respects has has figured out over the years exactly how to drive the behaviors that they're looking for. And so in, in many respects, we can kind of emulate what's already been learned you know, over the last century. So, for example, one, one of the things that we're rolling out, I think it's in, in, in the coming week for NFL, is the ability to see the last five games and kind of how they performed relative to the line. Was it over? Was it under? Are they, you know, how are they doing kind of, you know, in the betting world, obviously this is kind of akin as well to like a, against what's the record against the spread, stuff like that from a team basis. So um, we're infusing those kind of things. Also, right. Uh, we're, we're on the verge of rolling out uh, real time live scoring right now. It's off of a 30 second delay, but you know, that's going to be a, a, our mission as a business is to literally be the most exciting companion to your daily sports viewing experience. And, and, you know, having real time, Live scoring is, is going to be go go a major way for 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 delivering on that premise. Um, so 
you know, you just you also just showed our, our new UI UX. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a major upgrade from where it was just you know a month ago. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. And then you know we've always got we've always got something up our sleeve. You know, one of the, one of the things that I'm I'm more excited about is you know for the last couple seasons we we have been piloting a concept of a, a fantasy league concept within Prize Picks using our own uh, application and. You know, every we break people up into teams. Everybody gets a budget to spend on a weekly basis, and then you know we we, we create our own kind of format. And, and so we, you know, in the future, what I would love to do is you know whether it be you know heading into next football season or I'm not sure exactly when it'll make it on the roadmap, but a very customizable kind of fantasy league concept uh, because I do think that you know in this day and age with people's attention spans, and I've talked to Yahoo uh, you know leaders about this as well. You know. There's the week five syndrome. You know, if your team comes out of the gate starting one and three or oh and four, you're not exactly tuned in come, you know, week five, week six. So, um, yeah. you know, being, being, being willing, being able to work with the commissioners to create, you know, weekly leagues, monthly leagues, it doesn't just all have to be season long. I think there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a whole spectrum that we can play within. Very cool. And, and also want to ask you about uh, our man, Jason, who I know you've spoken with. Um, at Otia and, and Josh Luber, these guys that were really into sports cards. Where, what is the cor- uh, correlation do you see with with uh, sports cards, memorabilia, and fantasy? And is there some kind of way to? Uh, of course, the site isn't loading up, but you know this type of stuff, right? Like this is kind of people love to bet on. It, it, it just feels like a great crossover, right? Because it's like people, individual cards, individual fantasy. Do you see some sort of uh, correlation here? And do do you find yourself? Uh, being a, being a, into sports cards. You collected some as a kid, I think you said, or I think we all did. Uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, I had a subscription to Beckett. Uh, so I was definitely collecting, you know, baseball cards, whatnot. I think I definitely got wrapped up in the wave this past February uh, with, with you know, NBA Top Shot in particular. So that was kind of my exposure to NFTs. Um, but but I'll tell you what, what's, what's most interesting um, is that we are probably as much as any other operator, we are sitting on a uh, just such rich data where the activity that's coming in on certain players is like very consolidated. Whereas at traditional sports books, like they put up all these potential options that you could have action down on. And like, I think it's very spread out, but in our case, like, you know, we, we have, we have a much more limited offering in general, but in, in, in a number of senses, that's a good thing. So we could, we could tell you where the public sentiment is because there's statistically significant samples coming in on both sides for all of these different players and, and, and you know, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, et cetera, that we're putting up, we know, we know where the public is sitting. Uh, so I'll give you a perfect example. Like last year, um, yeah, I'd say it was back in probably January where we knew that a lot of uh, customers were riding Nikola Jokic and, and they were riding him to a lot of success. And before he ever got on the radar of ESPN and the media as an MVP frontrunner, we had the data that would have suggested he is outperforming his expectations and like this is his year. And so at some point in the future, there's going to come a time where, where, where the media companies and, and, and the sports car world are going to want to partner with us because we can know that his value is about to go up in the sports card world ahead of the public who's mainly taking their cues from ESPN and, and more, if you know what I'm saying. Makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. No, I, I definitely see that, that, uh, that synergy. And, and what about international um, people that would like to be a part of fantasy? Uh, is uh, sort of Canada, Mexico, Europe, uh, Australia, are you seeing interest 
there? How does that work? Is it just complicated with licenses? Can they be involved or, or will they be able to? So we are, we are already open in Canada. Um, so we cover a good bit of, of North America for that matter. Um, and then, uh, you know, beyond that, from an expansion standpoint, you know, we're, we're going to stick with the, the markets that we know the best, which, you know, naturally right now, like, like I said, we're, we're in over 30 markets in the U.S. and we're going to, you know, expand within the U.S. first and foremost. Um, and, you know, if and when it makes sense to go beyond that, we, we, we will. But, you know, as it stands right now, uh, there's still there's so much land to grab within the 70% of the country that we already cover from a population standpoint. And then, and then as we expand into some of these other States, you know, we, we can get up to coverage of 90% or more of the U S population. So there's still a, a good bit more for us to go grab just within our, you know, within North America. Very cool. Uh, and who, what, what, uh, what do you see? What about like the, for soccer, we'll call it soccer, even though the world calls it football. What is the the involvement on that uh, sense? Is there some? I mean, here we see NFL. What is NFL one H actually? That's per, that's first half action. So if you want oh, a quicker, if you want a quicker sweat, we got that. We also have second half and fourth quarter action. Um, so and if we didn't say it before, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, you have to play anywhere from two to five selections. The the bare minimum definition of a fantasy contest is it must involve multiple players from multiple teams. So we, like I said earlier, we, we kind of built with that in mind um, in particular with our soccer product, you know, it's come a long way just in the, in probably the last six months. Um, you, you see either there, if you see, if you go up to the, basically the row above that, you'll see, we got shots, we got goals allowed, we got goalie saves. So you could mix and match different stati- types of statistics within uh, you know, a particular market. Um, and then we also, for some of these sports, you know, you can, you can switch tabs between single stat and fantasy score as well, but, um, yeah, right. you, have to, you have to do one over under if you do two or do you, can you do three or is that, is it, is that not a rule? I forget. I mean, every, everything's total. So, so everything is, you know, over or under, uh, but if you, no, if I'm you saying I can go over, over and make this bet, it's fine. Two different teams. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, and Jeff, you see where that purple line is. If you, if you go to like, if you scroll over to goals allowed or goalie saves, you can see a couple other options that are that are you know on the board, so you can mix and match within the sports as well. Yeah, very very cool. What is the most popular or fastest growing out of this? I'd imagine like MMA is pretty popular. Um, you know, obviously NFL, uh, NBA. What what are so PGA? What what are, what are what are you seeing the most growth? So one one thing that separates us, especially from the betting community, is um, NBA is actually king for us. Um, you know, we we generate the most amount of our revenue from NBA. Um, and, uh, whereas, you know, in the betting world, you know, it's, it's NFL, NFL has been king for a long time. Um, so, you know, we're, we're super excited to get the regular season back around and, uh, you know, our, our game is just a really good sweat for basketball. Cause like, let me put it in perspective like this, like in football, if you're a wide receiver, you, your projection, you know, might be, you know, 60 yards for the night. Uh, but you could be stuck on, you know, two receptions, 13 yards with, four minutes to go in the, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's not going to be that great a sweat if you're, if you're that far away at the very end, but with basketball, these guys, like, you know, the, our, our lines makers are some of the best in the world when it comes to, you know, player projections. And many of them were actually recruited straight out of our database, which is one of my, my favorite facts. Uh, but just to show you how, how sharp these guys are. Um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, the basketball sweats are great because if we, we're going to get like, take, take the fantasy score for like a LeBron James. So one night he may put up, 30 points, dish out seven assists. The next night he may put up 20 points and dish out 13 assists. From a fantasy score standpoint, it's actually going to be in the same neighborhood. So um, these lines tend to be a good sweat right up until the very end. 
Very cool. And I actually just noticing, I don't see Kyrie Irving. It looks like the Nets are playing. And I, I followed a bit, but like, is he not getting, uh, he's not getting vaxxed and he won't play home games? Is that really, is that what's happening? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep up, but it's just like, uh, it's, at some point, it just doesn't make too much sense. Um, there is an interesting, uh, if you pull this board back up, we also currently, before the regular season starts, have this N- NBA, uh, what we call fantasy futures board if you go up to to the tabs so let's see it's the last one on the right so this is basically no the last one on the right there you go your nba fut if you see that next to wnba uh oh okay there you go so this is uh will they average uh uh, over or under these numbers that we got up for points rebounds assists three pointers made um and i saw last i looked you know james harden there's your Kyrie. but last i looked james harden is way too low in my opinion so you know, I was I was just thinking about that one. Like, why why do we have him so low? Maybe everybody's suspecting that his hamstring is going to be a little buggy this year as well. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So yeah, it kind of yeah, you can you can uh, there, there's all the the different uh, different sports and uh, opportunities. It's pretty pretty cool. I, I didn't realize even about the the the, the games right now. And, and you, there is plans to expand. Like, is that something? Anything that what what are what qualifies it to be? on here it has to be like an official tournament or something is that what what would be or how do you how do you, you decide know, on? we have the most expansive coverage i mean you're on valor there like we, we have by far the most expansive coverage of sports on uh from, from any fantasy platform you know we, we offer disc golf we offer cricket we offer highlight uh i mean like these are these are things that nobody else is touching right now and, and we take great pride in, in having some of those kind of lines up um, and, you know, obviously we make the bulk of our money, though, you know, from the likes of NBA and NFL. But um, we, we, you know, pe- people appreciate throwing in, you know, mixed sport contests. And, uh, you know, we, we're just trying to, you know, we're in the business of entertainment at the end of the day. So we're just trying to have fun with it. Very, very cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like, I just love, you know, I love action. I love sports. I love fantasy. And this is, uh, you know, it is fun. And it's it's honestly like it's just a little less complicated too, because even building some of these daily fantasy and all these different things, like you can literally pick your favorite two guys. And you know, I think that's maybe the most unique thing that I can pick a random something that I might like in in, in this, and then the NHL. You know, I like this player, and I root for him, and then I got the thing. So you literally could like be across three different sports, not have to do much other than pick an over under. You get like a really big sweat, and you know, I. It just makes sense. Like I just, I actually really genuinely think this is genius. And the multi-sport thing. When, when did that idea come up, or when did that actually get done? Because for a while, I don't remember that from from last year. Maybe I think we've had it for a good while. I can't remember exactly when we started to allow it, but it's definitely been there for a good while. Um, and you know, the the way we created the the UI and UX, like uh, you know, was very conducive for that all along. So I think it was it's probably something we were very mindful of out of the gates because. Even even others in the in the space that are trying to kind of you know in many ways emulate us, they don't necessarily uh, allow for for the mixed sport action, and and so I think it's definitely a nice kind of separator in in the uh, in the shorter term, especially. Very cool. And what is uh, what would you say is the area you want to expand the most? Because I mean, is this like, talk to me a little bit about like the team and how much it's grown and 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 added. And even I don't know if you can share a story, right? One of the people that was on the site and was firing, I believe you might have uh, you offered something to to come and work. And is is it something that someone is is there is there is there applications available? Are you guys looking to expand in any any areas? Yeah, we're so we're, we're about ninety people strong right now. About half full time, half part time. Ninety. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, we. Uh, but but don't worry from a uh, from a burn rate standpoint. You know, a lot a, a good bit of those ninety are are uh, you know support staff. You know, that's one thing that we. That's another thing that kind of we we consider to be best in class. You know, nobody else in fantasy was doing real time customer support, but we basically uh, stood up and basically since day one, it's been twenty four seven that we'll we'll answer your questions in real time. Uh, and one of the one of the better things that we did more recently is we we built a ten person Philippine staff. So, so they'll basically help us with coverage, you know, over, over the night, you know, obviously we, California is one of our bigger markets and we're an East coast business. So the Philippine staff definitely comes in handy, especially for, you know, a market like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, like we, we've built in particular a, a world-class team of player prop lines makers, essentially. And many of these guys were some of our, started as some of our sharper customers and, you know, we're a very data-driven analytical organization. And so, so we know how to spot them and we know how to, you know, see exactly what kind of play behavior they have and is it sharp or is it, is it square? And, uh, you know, was, what's great is, you know, many of those guys are now, not only did they, they, they might've started in lines making and some of them have, have since expanded into other areas of the business, such as marketing, because they just know our customers so well. They know how these guys and girls think. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to have people that were, you know, early adopter of, of new DFS platforms and, um, you know, I, at, at a certain point, you know, I can set the vision, but I, I've, I've got to step aside and let, you know, these adopt these early adopters kind of come in and, and kind of help help lead the roadmap uh, in many respects from here. For sure. And is uh, is is the the end goal? What's the what is the you know, give me a one year, two year, five year. Is this something I, it seems like everyone's being acquired in gaming? I see it all the time. Draft, you know. These mergers, SPACs, acquisitions, data, people are coming in. It seems like Prize Picks is very well positioned for some of the reasons you already alluded to um, and mentioned. But is that like in your mind, what's a success story? I mean, are people knocking on the door already? Is it something that you would ultimately, you know, you you don't want to let go of any control? Or I mean, there's always a number, right? If someone comes and says, "Hey, hey, I want to buy it today," but what is your what is what is the Adam Wexler prediction plan? Two year, five year, ten year? Never? Are you selling? Are you holding? Where? What's going on? I'm, this is an investor talk. We can click off and talk after, or share what you can share. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a white hot space. I mean, I think everybody knows that. Um, we, our mentality all along was maintain Uber optionality. And so we're, we're going to sit down over the next couple of weeks and start planning out what 2022 and beyond is going to look like and what areas we're going to invest in. And I think, you know, one, one thing that we're actively exploring is, is the notion of kind of like a similar playbook to what Unibet and, and ultimately they became Kindred Group kind of uh, laid out, which was a multi-brand kind of strategy. They, they bought their way there. We think we can pretty easily build our way there. Um, so we're, we're floating the ideas of, of potentially a, for example, an esports specific version of Prize Picks. Uh, you know, we like to think of Prize Picks as kind of like our Aria brand. It's a premium brand. We've always had minimums. We've always had that real time customer support, six star experience. Um, but you know, it focuses on traditional sports, and esports is in the background. You got to scroll all the way over on your mobile phone to find esports. But if we were to put esports front and center, you know that that you know that brand could have different lines, different selections than, than the one at Prize Picks. So, you know, just imagine this is a brand new kind of Vegas strip that's kind of being built online. And, and um, you know, obviously we can slice and dice it differently. Like, you know, just like, um, you know, for example, Kindred Group, um, you know, they, they basically went out and bought brands that were, you know, specific to different dur- jurisdictions. We could also think about it like that uh, and, and think about slicing it up like that. Um, you know, from an M&A standpoint, you know, yes, we, we've definitely entertained some conversations, you know, to date. Uh, but 
I, I don't think people realize the kind of revenue that we're doing at this point. And I don't think people, uh, even the investment community are not currently properly valuing us, but I think, you know, it's quickly changing. It's quickly evolving. And, and, you know, it never hurts that one of our closer competitors got bought beginning of this year by Bally's, um, you know, some of our other kind of comps in the market, whether they're direct or indirect, uh, you know, they're being valued at pretty significant numbers and, 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 and way higher uh, revenue multiples than currently we're getting credit for. So it's only a matter of time before, before we get our due. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's plenty of possibilities ahead of us uh, and it's pretty exciting. And is uh, the, the, I heard something about in the, I guess it's the Premier League that they're no longer letting uh, gaming or gambling sites starting 2023 be on the jerseys. Have you heard that? You know, in the UK and, and maybe more broadly Europe, you know, they're, they're definitely cracking down on some kind of forms of advertising. Uh, but, you know, it's a mature it's a mature betting market. It's a mature, you know, gambling market. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the U.S., it's a, it's a gold rush right now. It's, it's largely in its infancy. I mean, you know, I was obviously here uh, for the, the, the rise and fall of DFS 1.0. Uh, which you could largely say was the accelerant to the Supreme Court decision that happened in 2018. But, uh, you know, I, I do, I do, it does worry me a bit about how competitive it is in the betting sphere. You know, it's not nearly as competitive where, where we are positioned, uh, especially with the states that we are primarily focused on. But, um, you know, I, I would hope that, you know, the operators are, are not just, you know, it's, it's one thing to be in friendly competition. It's another thing to be irresponsible you know, with that competition and, and uh, you know, have to win at all costs. So I would hope that some of the leaders at those organizations are, are, are understanding their moral responsibility in many respects. And, and tell me a little bit about some of the states that aren't, that haven't got legalized, even though it's legal at a federal level. So states now have a choice. I know like historically, like Washington state, maybe Hawaii, a few others are just kind of like anti, there's probably some others I'm forgetting. They're like really anti. Is that, I mean, is, is that, just, is there ever a case where the whole U.S. will be on board, or is this literally like just if, as long as it's state? If it's federally legal, I guess I don't understand the states. Like the states still decide, or the federal law is not saying this is the law; it's saying you have the option. Is that basically what's where it's at? Yeah, exactly. So, so in 2018, the Supreme Court decided that every state could could uh, legalize fan, uh, not fantasy, legalize sports betting uh, if they so if they so pleased. And you know that that case was centered around New Jersey, so New Jersey was one of the first to jump on the wagon, and then all of the kind of neighboring states in the Northeast started to entertain the possibilities. Like the, that was like the, the region that started to move the first, but um, you know, take for example, where we're based in Atlanta and Georgia, you know, the South, the only state in the South that currently has legal mobile betting is Tennessee. Um, you know, Georgia, North Carolina, they'll, they'll probably legalize next year, but it'll take another X amount of time to actually implement and go live. So we're probably in Georgia, not looking at a go live until, you know, NFL 2023. Then you got state Texas and California, where Texas only meets every other year from a legislation standpoint. Um, California, there are so many conflicting interests, so many over a hundred tribes. You've got the card rooms. There's just like there are so many conflicting interests that um, you know California may be one of the last states in the country to legalize. But I think everybody recognizes that that is probably the grand prize of all. It's 39 million people. You know, California by itself is bigger than Canada. It's uh, you know. Texas is bigger than Australia. Australia is the third largest, uh, you know, online betting market in the world. You put those two states uh, together and those two by themselves are bigger than the biggest online betting market in the world, which is the UK. So, 
I mean, there, there's some real prizes that are out there that will not be flipping anytime soon. And, and that's where a company like us can really thrive because once again, we're, we're playing with, within the, 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 the limitations of the fantasy uh, boundaries. And, and, you know, I think we we're, we're playing within those, those boundaries, but you know, we're, we're doing it. We're trying to serve a similar demographic with kind of the next best thing. For sure. And what would you be doing if you weren't this? What, what, what industry would you be sports agent, this, that, like, uh, what, what do you like? You know, we've met uh, before and I, I, if I had my guesses, that might be one, but what, what would you be doing? And if this was just not fantasy, like, like say that happened at Armageddon event and just like everything closed and no daily fantasy and whatever, what would, what would you think you'd be doing right now? Well, this would surely be a curveball, but you know, I, I alluded to it before. Like I I'm an entrepreneur that, you know, is not so much a replicative entrepreneur, but I, I like to kind of, you know, pioneer, you know, new categories from scratch. And, and that's been the common theme throughout my, my career to date. Um, so the, the, the problem that I would love to tackle that, that I think is, uh, is going, going in the wrong direction with each passing year is uh, the divorce rates in America are far too high. And, and um, you know, knowing that most progressive organizations like to um, implement strategic planning, quarterly business reviews, some of these kind of more, more uh, modern uh, ways to kind of do, do look at the future uh, and review recent performance. You know, I think there's, there's gotta be similar, similarly translatable methods for how couples can kind of manage their relationships. Obviously don't, don't want to get in the way of love, but um, I think more and more couples are need to go into their relationships uh, very consciously. And, and I think there's ways to, um, you know, have software kind of aid that process. And, and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an idea that I've been sitting on for probably four or five years. And, you know, when it, when it comes up in conversation, I, I happily get into it and kind of brainstorm further about it. Yeah, that might need to be the second uh, iteration of our podcast. We could cover that in, in depth. That sounds very fascinating. I know, you know listen, with COVID and, and the pandemic, just in general, it's been a bizarre 18 months or so. And I think a lot of people are having problems, right? Because they're in, they're in their apartments, they're in these places, they're together all the time. It's stressful and all this com- compiled. I think this is obviously a major issue, right? Like there's, it's just like, you know, we weren't designed to be in a, in a, in a room with the person all the time, whether it's your roommate or your friend, you got to have a little, you know, you time, get out, get out of the house. And like, when we're basically boxed in, it's, you know, listen, I'm lucky. I, I love my wife to death. And, and uh, you know, I, for me, we've been, you know, whatever, I, it's all good, but I can see it. And I see, you do see the divorce rate spike, right? Like you see a lot of this stuff going on and it's, it's definitely crazy. How was the pandemic for you? Do you feel like, did it actually maybe help you focus on the business on everything? Just maybe less travel, less like, oh, I got to go to this or there's that event or whatever. It's just almost like nothing's happening really. And I'm here and I'm working and the team's focused. Was it was a benefit for you in that standpoint? So, yeah, I mean, we, we got rocked to our core last March and it was, it was brutal for, you know, probably a two month stretch. And then, but then, like, not only did, you know, esports, they were the first to turn on, but then you had UFC, then you had MLB, and, like, sports came back with a fury. And, our, and just to put it in perspective, our August, which was just NBA, the NBA bubble, was bigger than our January pre-pandemic. So that's how quickly things came back for us, and that was a record high. We went on to have 11 straight record months, and, you know, we got, we got a little creative. Like, I'm a big believer in, um, at least for this business, you know, having having everybody kind of collaborate in real time. And... So I had to get creative about how could we get everybody under one roof, uh, you know, in a in a real uh, in, in just a, a real world scenario. And um, the the solution was, you know, the NBA NBA had kind of you know spurred the thought that you got to find a bubble kind of environment. And sure enough, there were certain islands that had like done a really good job about you know keeping COVID out. So caught yeah. wind that you know Barbados was one of those islands, and 
And long story short, we uh, we grabbed a villa in Barbados last Q4, and we took some of the core team down there. And basically, we were just cranking and, and talking about the business over breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, and I think it was a huge catalyst at the end of the day for us propelling ourselves through 11 straight months of record growth. And and here we are, you know, once again, as you said it out, out, off the top, like, you know, the the, uh, the, pri- the privately held operator that is generating the most revenue than, than anybody right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and, and what about your family, friends, and in general, like with, because in poker, um, you know, it depends. My parents are very supportive. It's not your traditional kind of, I guess, line of work or business. What do they say about all this? And when you, now, obviously things are moving along and, you know, big numbers and hundred million dollar valuations plus and this and that, but what was like the initial one was like, Hey, I'm going to do this daily fantasy. Was there support? Was there, was there, was there uh, skepticism? What was going on with the family and friends close to you? Well, you know, I think the origin of this kind of goes back to my hustle in college. And back then it was a, it was a little you know, more difficult for my, for my parents to grasp. Uh, but ironically enough that this whole experience kind of brought me full circle and, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, my dad's an entrepreneur. My mom was a real estate agent, so you might as well call her an entrepreneur. Um, so, you know, it's kind of in my DNA to go down that path. And, and I think, you know, they, they've always been supportive. And, and uh, especially when, you know, we, we, I've got this uh, 40 under 40 via the Atlanta Business Chronicle event coming up in a, in, in a couple of weeks. And, you know, my, when my mom's there, I, I assume she'll, uh, she'll appreciate what, what it took to, to you know, get, get a uh, recognition like that. Very, very cool. Uh, and, and what is, um, kind of give me a, you know, where, where can people, we, we mentioned on the screen, we did show this that people can follow along. There's some info and content on Instagram. You got, uh, of course, Twitter. What is, what is the best way people can kind of learn and understand how this works on the website? Is there a YouTube tutorial video? Uh, obviously parlay, um, yeah. Daily, it's not too too high complex, but is there is there some info people can follow along and, and get see what's happening? Yeah, you know, we're we're uh, you may, Twitter's probably our most active social media platform, but then again, we're also very quickly growing. I think we we're one of the only operators that has our own Discord community. Uh, we also have you know some people that aren't on Discord just yet. Like we have a pretty active Facebook group, um, and uh, you know beyond beyond that, people are welcome to find me online. I'm at the Word Painter uh, across most social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, our Twitter is, is definitely out there to be, uh, uh, an entertaining source. Very cool. Um, awesome. Well, listen, uh, Adam, I think we, we definitely, we covered a lot. I'm very bullish on the industry, on the business, happy to be, uh, one of the investors, partners of prize picks. And obviously we got Phil Helmuth, white magic, you know, they call him the guy just gets it done. And, and, and tell me just like, let's, let's close on Phil. He's already got a bunch of world series final tables this year going for a 16th bracelet and Phil's a very good friend of mine and we're on a lot of different investments together. We're both very happy to be on this one. How did you get to get in touch with Phil? Where, where did you, uh, you know, first meet or get introduced to him? It was actually through another Atlanta entrepreneur uh, who I think had since moved out to LA and I'm not exactly sure how he connected with Phil, but he was, he was gracious enough to make that intro and, you know, Phil, like you, like Jack McClellan, another one of our investors. I mean, you guys, you guys heard that it was a, uh, it was a game that was modeled after parlays and, and I think that's all it took for you guys to figure out that there's there's some a healthy yeah. business model in, in tow. Yes, it is. It, it's healthy and fun, and uh, it's really cool. And I'm always uh, is there is there actually? I was just thinking about this. What about for like how how hard is it to add uh, industries? What about for um, poker? Like, could you do the world WSOP? Could you like do Helmuth or Jeff like last longers? Is that is that like a way you could facilitate no, no. that? I, I would love to do it. I, I think our lawyers in the past 
these were this was outside counsel, so you know they're going to be a little more conservative. But uh, I think they told us that uh, you know poker was a no go because it's technically you know boxed as a game of chance, and I think that's what it comes down to because you know fantasy once again is a game of skill, and so you that's you and I'm sorry to put this sensitive subject. Yeah, it is sensitive. It's it's crazy because like I I mean as someone that like I just know like poker is so much more a game of skill than it's closer to chess than anything or backgammon um, than like uh, than daily like daily fantasy. You're betting on or well you're 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 putting out a chance. You're you're playing daily bet on like basically taking risk or predictions on something that you actually don't control. Whereas poker, I control if I go all in or call or raise or whatever, right? So I'm actually like physically in control of that. Whereas like here, if I bet on Tom Brady, you know, I don't know if he's arguing with Giselle. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know what's happening. If he's just going to be the best of all time every game. Like I, it's just out of my control. So that's like a crazy thought that like that is poker is like, it's just, it's, and it's bizarre. And it's also why you see poker coming back. Michigan, Pennsylvania, it's starting to become legal. I think it's going to be, you know, you saw the Queen's Gambit, maybe the show, if you watched it or know of it, you know, chess.com's blown up the Botez sisters. Uh, Alexander's been on my podcast and like that game just took off and like out of nowhere went bananas, right? Like I think poker still has that where it's going to like really like finally get put in a good light where people understand it and see what, it, like my dad, for example, you know, Ivy League background, didn't learn or get into poker till after I played. And he's like, man, I wish I played. Like, I wish I had done this earlier because I love it. It pertains to life and blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. That, that's, that sucks. Hopefully that'll change. But um, one day I would love to see prize picks, you know, over-unders. Like, just doing, you know, literally, if you could do a – because you – I mean, <laughs> parlay, like, betting and over – like, last longers is such a popular thing in poker. And to your point, one of the big things is about collections, right? It's annoying. It's not even that people won't pay. You got to text the guy. Send me the Venmo. Do this, do that. This guy doesn't pay. He's a slope. No, like, look, last longer. There's 40 guys that want to do a $100 last longer in the WSOP. Just do it on the site. People are happily pay a fee to, like, have it handled and just automate it. So, like, yeah, that's too bad. Hopefully that could maybe, you know, be looked at because you could literally make a note of this. I think you could have – it could be, like, one of the bigger sections. If you literally let people go in any tournament, there's tournaments all the time. Not just the main event, not just those. We've had 500 tournaments in Vegas today, different buy-ins, different levels. If you could just click a button and do a last longer and not have to like collect meat, do whatever, like that's a, that would, like you should, you should follow up on that. We should, we should try to get that through. Uh, you know, we have a new, we have a new VP of legal and government affairs in, internally. So, you know, it's, it's something like I'm happy to bring up to him and see if there's any wiggle room there. But yeah, I mean, to, to your larger point, I mean, you know, it's just misclassified right now and, and, and hopefully we can amend that before we know it. And, and who would that be like? Is that so in theory, just from I understand when you put a new section up here, let's just one more time as we're closing down here. But CSGO, this and that, like what prevents or doesn't prevent and how does that work? Like if you did say, look, we want to run this poker last longer, like would you have, is there actually like a process with an approval or are you getting a legal opinion from somebody and we just run it and then like hope there's no problem or, you know, whatever. Like I'm sure it's more complicated than just like, oh, let's try it and hopefully no one says anything. So what is that process? And then we'll, we'll shut it down. What's, what's great about fantasy is that, um, you know, unlike betting, which is very tightly regulated and, 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 and in some ways for good reason, um, fantasy, because it's a less mature category uh, as one of the reasons is, is largely lightly regulated. So for example, you mentioned esports. Like one of the reasons why we are generating more revenue than any operator in North America via esports is because with betting operators, 
they have to go through hoops and hurdles to get approvals just to offer certain esports contests. Uh, whereas with fantasy, we don't have to go through those approvals. It's kind of like based off of the broader definitions of fantasy contests, it qualifies. These are games of skill. Uh, and, and, you know, for that reason, we don't have to uh, ask anybody before we put some stuff up. And one other thing I should point out, because it, it often comes up when I'm talking about esports, is simply, um, you know, the, the, any, any integrity concerns are, are not are kind of inherently dismissed via the fantasy requirements. Because once again, you have to include multiple players from multiple teams. Uh, so I think there's a lot more integrity concerns in the betting world than there are in the fantasy world. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's, you know, in, in, in an ironic part to our advantage that, you know, we, we don't have to we don't have to worry about that nearly like the, the like they would in, in the betting world. Very cool. All right. Well, on that note, I just want to point out to everyone, we have got uh, 149 podcasts right now. This is going to be going up next week. Uh, we've had people in poker, sports, acting. Um, you know, we've, we've done we've done a lot of stuff, and this will be going out on YouTube. You guys can, uh, or I guess you will be watching it here, but it's going to be on all the audio outlets. You can, you know, Spotify, iTunes, uh, you name it. It's on there, and we really do appreciate it. We're going to give a giveaway, a $109 ticket on Party Poker. Uh, for those of you who can tell me on the video, you go to my Twitter, you take a look at that tweet, and you will be able to tell me your favorite part uh, from this this video, and then you'll be eligible to win that ticket. So again, Adam, I appreciate the time, man. This was very cool. Maybe we'll do a giveaway for prize picks. We might throw a bonus in. I don't know. What do you think? Can we do something? This is on the fly. I didn't check with you, so I'm, I, I feel like I'm boxing in a corner. If you say no, I'll do something. No, what do we do? We'll do we'll do something, but we might have to announce it over social media. And I, I don't I don't know if I can I don't know if I can supersede some of the marketing team at this point. They don't want me going rogue. Don't go rogue. So we'll figure something out. There might be on the fly. Check back in. We'll put it in the tweet if we do something. And uh, I appreciate the time. Always fun. Always informative. And, and glad we got to get this in. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but uh, yeah. Cheers, man. Really enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Thank you so much. Appreciate appreciate you having me. All right, guys, that was Adam Wexler. You can follow him. As he mentioned, we'll put his up on the screen and the show more below. But, of course, prize picks across the board, Instagram, Twitter. Stay up on it. Beautiful site. A lot of fun. Very easy to use. And make sure you can play in the the region you're in if you're able to. Highly recommend it. Uh, Always, of course, gamble responsibly if you get daily fantasy. But you know what I mean. Play responsibly. Wager responsibly. Do the right thing. Have fun. And uh, don't stress yourself out. We'll uh, we'll be back for more podcasts, more content. And I am playing the WSOP live. Two caches so far. Taking a few days off. Be back. And we'll be getting the daily vlogs out in the YouTube channel. So thank you guys again. We'll see Adam and everyone very soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.